Welcome to College Unbound, the weekly podcast by Focus Collegiate, dedicated to diverse learning in the college environment. Thanks for joining us. This is Jane Taylor here with Focus Collegiate founder, Grant Liebersberger. Hi, Grant. Hello, Jane. Good morning. Nice to see you. Again. This week, we're digging into the student support agreement, which is an expression of each student's learning agenda, our topic last week. Focus Collegiate programs are based on student goal and student buy-in. Without them, we are nowhere. The students are nowhere. Focus Collegiate, we're, we're nowhere. The student support agreement presents a personal balance sheet of strengths and gaps. So knowing these strengths and gaps suggests a framework for growth. How do you develop the student support agreement? That's a great question. And uh, you are right to say that um, without student buy-in and without um, being able to ascertain student goals, we are in fact nowhere. Because like I say to our parents, you can't really tell a young adult to do anything. They have to kind of self-motivate. And, and the way that you get there is by engaging students in their passions and in their goals. And that has to be, even from the very beginning, when I interview each individual student for a slot at Focus Collegiate in any given semester, I am looking for a student's ability to at least articulate some areas of passion, some goals. And also I'm looking for and creating a variety of hypothetical scenarios that may challenge a student on their own buy-in in the support process that we would provide. The expectation management of what we do begins right at the beginning, even before anybody signs on the dotted line. Because what we don't want to do is waste time or family resources on something that's not going to work. It's really critical to the integrity of our organization that we have a reasonable shot every time that we are stepping up to work with a student. And so having the right mix of student volition and our support is what makes the Focus Collegiate process possible. Now, in terms of being able to help students with their self-assessment skills so that we can get to the juxtaposition between what we referred to as the ideal self versus the real self last week, we ask our students to go through a variety of inventories or assessments. We have a more of an outcome mental health questionnaire. We have a life skills inventory. We have an executive functioning inventory. And then kind of underneath all of it, we have a resiliency assessment. These assessments are not necessarily designed to score against one another for student progress, but instead they're a tool that allows students to self-reflect as they go through the process of answering the very specific questions. Of course, it's a Likert scale, one to five. Do you agree somewhat, you know, those types of things. It's not an exhaustive Rorschach or an exhaustive neuropsychological, although we do read those. When the student is able to answer those questions, then that facilitates our conversation about, okay, so what do you think is good about your performance, academic, life skills, or otherwise? And what would you like to work on? 
And oftentimes, based on what we've ascertained from talking with professionals or reading students' paperwork, is that we are able to see how well of a self-assessor a student is. Because one of our goals is to increase those skills for our students so they can, number one, be able to take advantage of accommodations and shortcuts that we are providing for our students given their profile. And then also for them to be able to articulate their learning profile to other professionals that may be helping them on the college campus. In some of our conversations, we've talked about intentional change theory and how intentional change theory finds the balance between the real and ideal self. You just talked about this a second ago. It sounds like there's a lot of wiggle room there. I'm thinking about the real self here. I don't always know who I really am. How does focused collegiate support students in that self-assessment? Yeah. Again, it, it kind of, and I know it's probably a broken record, but it goes back to the quality of our resonant relationships with our students. If we, again, if we do not have that, then you know, amongst the other things, then we have no ability to give feedback to our students in a way that they're going to hear it and in a way that they're going to actually incorporate it into their learning agenda. And when we come up with the differences between the gaps and strengths, we produce a learning agenda. And the learning agenda is what we're going to work on, but the student support agreement is the how we're going to do it. Because the other reality is that we want our students to have buy-in in the structure of the support that we provide. There is no roadmap, template, um, specific skill set that is mapped on a curriculum that is going to move the needle with these students. It's far too complicated to mm -hmm. just have a one-size-fits-all model. So what we bring to the conversation is a multidisciplinary team that can work on any of the strengths or perceived gaps, academic life skills, executive functioning, mental health, or otherwise, that we are going to, with the student, categorize as a priority item. And once we categorize that as a priority item, because the reality of the student support agreement is that we can't work on everything in a semester. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. not possible. This is a life's journey for our students because, again, we're working with our students to build skills for life as well as just to survive college. Mm -hmm. Just a moment ago, you were talking about coming to an agreement, working with the students on the structure of the support you give them. What is that structure? What is it like? Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's me, a great question. And, and yeah. it's a unique to Focus Collegiate, because, well, in a lot of ways in what we do, in that it's not just an hour on Tuesday at two or an hour on Thursday at three, and then there's nothing in between. The model of Focus Collegiate is to be responsive and to also incorporate what has worked for the student in the past in terms of support. And frankly, a lot of the times we can get that answer from the student mm -hmm. <laughs> because they actually know and have some, we want them to have some say in how we work with them. One of the things I've come to understand through our discussions is that well, these students are, they're new college students. They want to be independent. They don't want so much support. How do you come to a balance between too little support and too much support? Yeah, another good question. So through this conversation about the student support agreement, 
we are invariably able to say, and I would say 80% of the time, because we have had this conversation already before they come under our umbrella, the students are already asking for support and they're already coming with their own ideas. So we're not necessarily fighting to convince a student that they need us. Um, if we are, then I'm not sure we're the correct model uh, for right. the student because it does require a certain level of um, self-assessment and buy-in that this is what I may need. If somebody says, I don't want, need you, I don't want to be in college, we're not going to fight those battles uh, with our okay. students. And so, and so we're already starting from a place of strength in that we're only negotiating the level of support, not the need for it. And um, which, which I can imagine if you're a parent or a practitioner and you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, because really the battle is about the need versus the amount. And mm -hmm. so when we are negotiating how this support is going to work, it's just a matter of, do we do two hours of kind of check-in once a week? And then do we text prompt on these days? Or are we going to work on this academic paper for X duration on this day? And, or is it a half hour check-in every day uh, in the mornings to make sure that we're organized? So it can look like any, variety of supports that is and and frankly the students in my view have to feel comfortable mm -hmm. outside of that structure just texting or calling our team and say listen i need you now and yeah. for us to be able to be responsive in that moment what a great backup system i need you now i have this question help me out to have someone respond right away it sounds better than marriage <laughs> <laughs> you said something about students coming to you with their own ideas. And I assume that some of those ideas are academic ideas, like in our time together on Wednesday, let's work on my term paper, right? right. Are there other ideas? What other kinds of things are students suggesting to be part what's, of their agreement? What's, what's really oftentimes more than the academics is the student is asking for support in all of the other areas. Again, most of our students have the intellectual horsepower to do college. That's not the rub with our students, but the majority of them also know that they're disorganized, that they're easily distracted. They have four screens open in front of them, and one of them is the video game that they keep flashing back to every 15 minutes, which is, of course, right. in our estimation, not as productive as chunking it out in other ways. And again, many, many of our students have emotional regulation goals. They know they get overwhelmed or anxious in novel settings, or they're able to articulate their goals in the social skills arena. Like, I want to have friends. I want to have a robust community. And so the student support agreement is an homage to all of those things, not just academics. Those four areas that I just described have to be moving together in concert for a student to have a successful college experience and frankly life experience. Any one of those areas can impact academics or academics can impact them. And the structure and strategy has to be to attend to all of those things. Otherwise, you may end up being behind as a student, which is our goal for our students is to not get behind. Mm -hmm. It sounds like students are coming to you with a pretty solid degree of self-awareness in the first place, saying that I know I'm disorganized or my attention gets away from me, I have four screens open and I'm going back to the video game, 
that recognition is certainly a great step. Do you think that that degree of self-awareness is common throughout your students? I think for many of our students, they have been receiving essential supports in these areas already. So Mm -hmm. they know what it's like to not have support and they know what it's like to have support. And so therefore, they're more realistic than somebody who has never had support in this area and have just kind of been marginally floating by um, versus the difference between the student knowing that they're going to crash and burn if they don't. And so, and so again, we're not convincing our students of the need. In terms of self-assessment, I'd say the majority of our, the students that come to us are 60 to 70% there in terms of being able to say out loud what they need. But again, these students are moving into a place in which these supports came to them in high school Mm -hmm. and in college, they have to go to the supports and be a self-advocate, which is a far different scenario. And this is where we come in is that we actually go to the student on their campus or we pipe in virtually and we're prompting the student and, you know, the college isn't going to do that. That's where, and that's where the student support agreement comes in so that the student doesn't feel like we're micromanaging them because we, this is what we agreed to. And so, and they agree to it and we agree to it. And that negotiation, and again, to your question, invariably a student is going to say, I want less. And invariably we're going to say, well, we need to do our job. So we need more. And we figure out somewhere in the middle. And that's Mm -hmm. where our relationship has to live because it's a give and take in terms of uh, us being able to help a student make sure they don't get behind and a student being an accurate and reliable self-reporter about those things. And for the student to feel, feel comfortable that they're actually having an independent life. So it's a dance. I've been working with young adults for 25 years. It's always this way. Uh, and yeah. especially with you know new young adults who are just coming into their own freedoms and responsibilities, it's a dance. And that's mm-hmm. what I think we're particularly good at. It sounds like the student support agreement is one of the foundations of self-advocacy. Yes, agreed. Self-advocacy and commitment. Uh, Willingness Mm -hmm. to negotiate for what your perceived needs are and, um, and work with a team that's independent of your parents, right? We're not the parents, so we're not telling them and we don't have the history, the historical relationship with the student either. So it's a distinct advantage for us to have this conversation where we haven't had to fight over taking medications or whatever it is or eating breakfast. Right. So we have this unique ability to and and circumstance to be able to negotiate with a student on what their needs are and then help themselves hold themselves accountable to the schedule that they created based on their goals. Mm-hmm. Is the student support agreement a document? It do sure they... is. <laughs> okay, it's, it a, it's is, a document. Of course, and of they, course. It's, it's, they... it's, yeah, it's a evolving, never really set in stone because we are re-looking, we're looking at it again and again every couple of weeks with our students to make sure are the goals the same, is the support that we're providing and the student is getting what we thought it was going to be. Do students sign it? I think there's a signature line at the bottom, but really the commitment is implied. And because the reality is we're here for the student. We're not here. We're here to help themselves hold themselves accountable. We're not here to hold them accountable because part of being adult is holding yourself accountable. We're just helping provide the formula and format. Terrific formula. Thanks again for being with us. Really a pleasure.
Awesome, Jane. Appreciate your time. Thanks.